This is the She Force Show with Amy Carlson, where you will find inspiring conversations and interviews, all to help you on your path to becoming more fit, more fun, and more free. Welcome to the show, SheForce. I'm Amy Carlson with my guest today, Marnie Batista. Marnie, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I am so glad to speak of this topic today. Um, Institute for Living Courageously. I love the name of that. Thank so you. can you give a little background about how this all came to be? Well, let's see. I mean, it's been, I've been in business uh, for about 14 years, which is shocking to me. Uh, you know, like that thing where what you is. look, thank you. But you, I look back at photos from like the first workshop I did and you know, how like I have kids, so I can look back at um, photos of like their 10th birthday and my brain goes, oh yeah, I was younger then. Right. Cause like, you know, my kids were little, but when I look back at my old business photos, I'm like, oh, it's been a while. Um, and it actually, my, my, my business that sort of the, the origin was um, in the area of dating and relationship. And I began that business because, you know, uh, teach what we needed to learn. Uh, so I was married for 17 years. I got divorced in my late thirties, which now seems like so, so long ago. Uh, but I, found myself after that relationship, basically dating the same guy with a different face. And that's when I was like the common denominator in all my fail relationships was me. And that's really when I set out on this path. And what became really clear to me as I made my way through my own uh, beginning of evolution there of my highest self was that what I was lacking was self-respect, self-love. And so we, uh, the dating brand is called dating with dignity because for me, that was the piece that was missing. And it morphed into the Institute for Living Courageously because the through line of all of the ladies I've worked with in the last 14 years is really discovering and giving voice to what we call your essential self or your authentic self, right? And then using that in service to living a designed life, like a life of intention, beginning with dating and then having it impact all parts of your life. And, and that's what I'm still working on, right? I'm, I'm really working on living a design life from my essential self. Living a design life. I love that term. So when you work with women, I am just imagining that one of the things that comes up is confidence. Well, it's connected, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the most interesting pieces of research I ever came across many years ago that was um, uh, developed by Kristen Neff, who is one of the foremost researchers on self-compassion. And this study showed that um, when you have um, self-worth in a relationship, you're going to have more likelihood of success in maintaining that relationship. And in that study, she explains the difference between self-worth and self-esteem. And self-esteem is conditional, right? And I think as women, our self-worth gets tied to self-esteem, right? Like if we do well, if we perform well, if our kids are well, if our if our physical self is aging well, right? Like whatever it is, then we're like, yes, I'm good enough. But self-worth is, is unconditional. And so I think with confidence, it's 
finding that sweet spot of making that as well unconditional, right? Like I, it's like the belief in our worth is confidence, right? And the belief we have about our ability to be in the world from that place. And so I'm passionate about finding that space where we can believe in ourselves and our worth and our capabilities, regardless of the situation we find ourselves in. Absolutely. And how, you know, people are drawn to that. We can feel that in one another when people have that activated. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that confidence is, um, and this is an interesting thing I heard recently. I think it was Jessica Ortner from the tapping solution who was talking about how the old way as women, we, we learn that the way to, to be successful and move forward or get what we want is to almost bully ourselves Mm -hmm. into performing well. Right. Which, um, like if I bully myself into it, if I, if I, um, loathe myself, if I, um, put myself down as a way to like motivate that next step, that's not really, it's like trying to bypass confidence or self-worth and it, it can really wreak havoc, uh, you know, with the experience we're having of our life because it just doesn't work. Yeah, Absolutely. And then the idea of connection. So, you know, not only about dating, but in any part of life, um, being able to connect with others in a real, you know, authentic from our heart kind of selves. um, I'm guessing that's another area that you work on an encounter when you're working with women in this way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think there is, there is a tie between confidence and connection because whether it's for a job or an ask with someone at work or even dealing with like your, you know, older kids or whatever it is. um, The way we make a real connection is from being, honest, right. And vulnerable and in integrity with like our soul, right. With our essential self. And sometimes we forget that vulnerability is the key. Right. And so in order to be vulnerable, we have to have that like ability to create emotional safety within ourselves. And that's of course, then to where confidence comes in. Right. Because if I feel resilient and I feel empowered and I know my enoughness um, is true, right? Like then I can be vulnerable to say that I like you or ask to get a need met or set a boundary or ask for help or whatever it is. Um, And then that's going to create, you know, more of a connection. And obviously doing that in the appropriateness and context of, you know, the different situations I I met, they're all going to be different. And being able to really, uh, you know, own that uh, is the way that we ultimately then create a connection with somebody. And we have to have the confidence to be able to do that. Yes. Yes. And hold our shape, hold our form. I heard this the other day when I was listening to a a wonderful presentation on Audible, but um, about not losing our 
shape, it was in regards to people pleasing, but I think of it too, in this conversation, like coming into whatever we're doing, whether it's dating or, you know, something new in a career or whatever, um, as a whole, rather than thinking that we are missing something. And so entering into that experience in our wholeness. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just talking about this um, on, on my podcast on Life Check Yourself. We're talking about, I use the metaphor of a redwood tree, right? Like a redwood tree is like solid, you know, like the roots go deep. And so when stuff happens, you know, the, the upper branches like totally like, you know, move. Right. And, but the, but the, the roots are so strong, right. That we have that foundation. And I think that that's when you say, hold that shape. I just think of confidence as being like the redwood tree, right? Like I don't have to, to fall or to, to bend. I can blow, <laughs> I can blow, you know, right. I can hear you. I can consider your opinion. I don't want to be attached to what I think is right. Or my image of you or whatever it is, right. Like I want to be that fluid and flexible, but at my base, you know, I'm like whole and I'm grounded and I can find that grounded space. And so I, that's my image when you said, you know, don't take on the shape or embody your enoughness and your confidence that reminds me of the Redwoods. Yes. So all of this inner work, which is so, as we know, in personal growth, it's so um, a part of like, it's, it's trying to avoid it is not going to really move us along. Right. But there's also that part that we look for something tangible too. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with people in regards to dating, um, is there anything that you suggest that you might share with the audience about, for example, I'm guessing that the question may come up, um, what should I wear, you know, that I feel confident and, um, you know, that I can feel that as I present myself? I love this question. I really get asked this question. So it's so fun. Um, So when we work with someone, uh, we actually have a stylist as part of our team, because what we find is that when people are doing the inner work, um, there are so many limiting beliefs and stories and obstacles about their physical self. And that's for anyone, whether, you know, whatever age they're at, whatever body type they're at. Right. And, um, and so as we're sort of excavating their authentic self, right. We want to be like, well, guess what? (laughs) Like all those stories, they're not true. Um, and so it's really fun. We have ladies like, uh, take photos of themselves and what they would wear on a date. And then we have a little like software platform and people upload it. And then our stylist looks at it and makes some suggestions and the before and afters are crazy. But one of the things is to understand that whatever your body type is, there is a way to optimize it. Like making sure your website has like a good speed when you load it. Right. Or, um, right. Or making sure, you know, how to use the functions of your phone, right? Like maybe you have to ask someone younger or more, uh, knowledgeable about how to make it more efficient, right? Cause you have all these assets, you have all these resources. 
And so um, everything from like women that are full figured, like not wearing V-necks, like they want to cover it up, right? Um, or feeling like if I show you my cleavage, then I'm sexualizing myself and then I'm going to owe you something to uh, women not wearing, um, only wanting to wear a certain kind of shoe. <laughs> These are the things that come up, right? Like I only can wear a flip-flop or I can only wear a Birkenstock or I can only wear a whatever. And what's true is that men are obviously visual and regardless of your side, men just are very drawn to um, calves, <laughs> right? Our calves are very sensual. And so when you just wear a teeny little heel, right, it accentuates your calf. And then obviously if you're wearing some sort of dress, right, people are like that or tucking. This is another thing. Uh, people who have curves or not don't want to tuck things in because they don't want, again, they don't want to show themselves. And so we're like, let me teach you how to like do a little French tuck. Um, right. So it's really fascinating yes. doing the image work. Mm. Oh, and I bet that just plays so well together, you know, on the inner confidence work that, that is going on and then people getting to experience themselves differently with the, the outer way of dressing and then just seeing how that, um, just works together. And I imagine, um, build, you know, it's, builds momentum yeah. quickly. It's amazing. I can tell you how many like little selfies or videos people have posted in our group, like sitting in the car before the photo shoot. And they're like, Oh my God, I feel, I feel pretty. I haven't felt pretty in like 25 years, you know, and it's, uh, it's so exciting. And then to see most of us, you know, never like a photo we're in. And so to have people say like, wow, this is me. I didn't know I had this in me. And it's the same thing as your confidence. It's all there, right? It's like, how do you excavate it? How do you express it? And that's really my mission is how can you express your, your essential self that, that nurturing part of you, that playful part of you, that loving part of you, that, that part that is just comfortable in her own skin and putting that out into the world. Cause that is, um, it feels so good when, you finally allow yourself to do it. And having that help along the way is obviously uh, makes that more efficient and more fun. Yes. So you mentioned about this, this idea of whatever we, whatever door we go into for, okay, I'd like some help with this or that, that there's, there is this rippling out that whatever we start to experience this growth in, it ripples out into other parts of life. Can you share some examples of, okay, somebody coming to you for uh, dating and then how you see all of this confidence, all of this um, momentum rippling out into these other parts of their lives? Mm, I love this. Well, I, I first think of this client that I have, her name is Annette. And when she discovered her like authentic self, her essential self, she realized, um, that it had that part of her had a lot of moxie, right? Like, so she now goes by moxie, which is super fun. So she came to us for dating when she realized that the part of her who was her authentic self was like underneath so many layers of the onion. She decided to figure out what that is first and then do that design her life around that and then start dating. So she actually did it in a different way. Um, so she realized that she had 
created a life of should. So she was living in the suburbs in, uh, in the DC area. She thought it would be good to have like um, a community so she could meet some people and like, you know, have a community center and things like that. What she realized was that was like, so not her authentic self. That was like the safe self who was going to be alone for the rest of her life and that she should have some built-in community, right? So when she falls down, she can press a button. <laughs> Look, I'll get her, right? And doing this work, she was like, ah, that's not me. So she sold her condo. She ended up moving to the city. Um, she joined a running club. Um, she started putting herself into all these different activities. She went for a promotion at work. She just started to really feel herself, right? And she was like, this is the life I want to share with somebody. And then she started dating, right? And feeling really confident and excited about her life. And now it's this life that matches her essential self. And I'm just, I was always so impressed with her patience um, because she knew that something wasn't right. And she didn't want to bring someone into the, con to the, to the suburb life that just wasn't felt dissonant for her. Right. And so she just followed this thing that we call resonance, this like that feeling we have when things just click into place, that the aha moment, kind of a flow vibe. And so she just kept following that and following that. And then from that place, then she was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's start dating. Um, so it's fun. And that happens a lot, you know, like someone is realizing they're burying themselves in work and they're setting no boundaries at work. So the first thing they do is they start asking for what they need and changing their work life around and having more balance. Um, you know, start setting boundaries with their adult kids. That's a huge one, yeah. right? If you've been single and you have a relationship with your adult kids, that is like, I'm the babysitter. You could stay with me. You can live here, which is fine. Right. But as people start to evolve, they're like, wait, I'm not letting go of my, my raising my children part of my life. Yeah. Right. And then they design from that place. And then, um, yeah, I have a client named Valerie who, raised seven kids that, you know, she was like ashamed that nobody wanted to date her in her sixties with seven kids. And I was like, well, do they all live at home? Like, is there something wrong with those? Seven kids? <laughs> she was like, no, they're all amazing. They're great. Right. And so then she started, she started cutting back at work. She met this guy who's like, yeah, I want to meet your kids. Let's do it in batches, you know? And <laughs> Right. But now she's like learning how to say no to her kids. Right. Like, oh, mom, like I used to come for dinner on Wednesdays when I had to work late. Now you're out. What? You know, like, sorry, I can't be your place for dinner on Wednesday nights. You're like 35 years old. Right. Yeah. But but when you're the mom who has no life, you're like, yay, my kid wants to come have dinner with me every Wednesday. So it's really interesting how this all ties together. Oh, yeah. Especially at midlife. Yes. I think that it is such, um, it, it can be an amazing time when we find ourselves with, with more time or with more resources or with whatever it is. It's just, it's like an opening. Um, and the possibilities are just endless, really, I think. And, you know, as we've been talking, and I know you mentioned this a couple of times about some of the limiting beliefs. And a lot of times we don't even realize that we are living in those limiting beliefs. Yes. And um, then as we uncover, and as you said, like peel back the onion, we discover how many things that were kind of, um, we had an idea in our head that we are really judging ourselves about. And, um, 
just like this idea of, I imagine that you work with people in this too, about we have this idea that here's how life is supposed to go. And then you do this thing and then you get married and then that's how it is. And so when you reach a point that you find yourself dating and you come up against this wall of, oh, I thought it was supposed to be like this. And just how limiting those supposed to be's or should be's are. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things, so I'm writing a book, which is super exciting. It's going to be about 2025. Yeah. Hey, how's publishing it? Um, and I was, I was writing this chapter on just that, the limiting beliefs. And uh, my husband and I spent like 10 months traveling around the country, um, trying to figure out where we want to be and what our next chapter is going to look like. And we were in Kentucky at this place called the Waverly Sanatorium, which was one of the, um, biggest, uh, places, hospitals, when TB, tuberculosis was around. And uh, so imagine like COVID, except it takes like 20 years for a vaccine and it's the twenties. And so they believed that if you went to these places and you had fresh air and sunshine, that you could be cured of TB. So they built this massive facility and this will tie to your question in a second and the rooms. So the rooms all had individual patio like decks. So every single day you'd be in your bed in your gurney, right? Like think of a hospital bed and an attendant would come and they'd roll you out for like a certain amount of time and they'd roll you back in. Um, They believed that if you got dressed for dinner, that, that mental health would help you, um, you know, recover from TV. The whole thing was set up on limiting beliefs. Yeah. And I, I use this story in my book because this these are smart people. They're doctors. It's the 20s. This is like the state. Like if you could get in a family member into Waverly, like it was a huge deal. Right. Yeah. And and I share this because the, the beliefs that we have that are our limited limitations they feel very true, right? Like this facility at the time, I think it cost them like a quarter of a million dollars to build in the twenties, which was like massive. Right. And think about your life, like what you build and invest to keep your, like, you know, your limitations in place. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I tell that story cause I want people to think about like, wow, well, that's obviously not true. <laughs> right? like, we look back on it and we're like, nobody lived from fresh air and sunshine. Um, so if I were that curious, like if I was like, well, what if everything I believe isn't true, then what could be true? And thank goodness there were people who thought differently so that ultimately 20 years in, you know, there was a vaccine that we all still, you know, those people who do vaccines take. And and so it's like, don't build your life on the Waverly Sanatorium model, you know, <laughs> like. You don't, you don't want to spend 20 years believing in something that is a construct that's old and failed. My friend, my, my friend, my client, Valerie, when we looked at some of her dating beliefs, she's 62. She said her mom taught her those when, when she was a teenager. So we reversed it to like her mom learned this in like 1930 something. And I was like, so it's 2023 and you're literally using paradigms that were taught a hundred years ago. She was like, oh, (laughs) yeah. 
don't, you know, don't reach out to a man. Don't do. And I was like, honey. Right. So I just really, I, I just really tell that story so that you can really, really understand like how invested you get in, in your limiting beliefs and how you want to be brave enough to challenge them. Yeah. That is so good. I can't wait for your book to come out. So I'll be, I'll be watching that. And if you're ever in Kentucky, go get a tour of Waverly Sanitarium Sanatorium because it's like fascinating. And they say they're ghosts there. There's it's paranormal activity and it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Marnie, this has been so rich today. Um, is there anything that's on your mind at kind of as a parting statement that you just want people to um to think about or lean into on this topic? You know, um, my social media person was asking me for a quote the other day and uh, I was unpacking. So I just, I'm still in my radical living adventure and we're trying out living in Colorado. So I, my kids, when they were little, they made me like a towel with like, you know, stamps where you stamp paint into a towel and you like make a thing. And so we had a family mantra growing up that now I teach and I, I share it a lot and I unpack that thing and it reminded me. And so I'm going to share it with your audience. And that is don't let your biggest fears get in the way of your biggest dreams. Even if your biggest dreams are your biggest fears. And, and I just leave you with that, right? Because it's those things that, um, that are on the edge, that are the the things that terrify us, the I could nevers, right? Like, or if I do this, it will disrupt everything. Like give yourself the gift, right? Of just being curious and self-compassionate and really listen to your inner wisdom and courageously move forward towards that dream. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Marnie. Um, And out there to everyone, know yourself, be yourself, free yourself. Hey, thanks for listening to the SheForce show. If you'd like more information about what we do, you can go to our website, www.sheforcecoach.com. Be sure to follow or subscribe to our show on your podcast app of choice. Until next time.